chapter of the second. and the 
Benedict would have his abbot take to heart. This part of chapter 2 is a kind of catalogue of the virtues that an abbot must have and of the vices that he is likely to find in troublesome monks. And you can almost put on one page the virtues required of the abbot and on the other side the other page uh, the vices of troublesome monks. The abbot for his part must be at once gentle and severe, rigorous and lovingly affectionate, stern to rebuke, ready to exhort, clear-sighted in unmasking faults, capable of correcting those of goodwill with words, and of applying corrective action to the hard-hearted. Of course, uh, Saint Benedict here recommends the use of uh, corporal punishment as a corrective action. There are nonetheless other ways of taking corrective action, as I'm sure any father of small children uh, knows. And so, uh, abbots of monasteries, I think, have something to learn from fathers of families uh, in their application of corrective action, because this sort of thing uh, can be accommodated to every age and circumstance. As for troublesome monks, so St. Benedict had more than his share of troublesome monks, not only at Vico Barro, where they tried to poison him, but he's writing this after long years of experience at Monte Cassino, and still he had to uh, deal with troublesome monks. They will invariably include the undisciplined and the restless. So he speaks uh, pointedly of these two uh, categories of, of, of monks, the undisciplined uh, and the restless. The negligent and the haughty, the contrary, and the hard of heart, the proud and the disobedient. So there you have a catalogue of vices, of troublesome and troubled monks. St. Benedict writes, as I said, out of a long experience of monastic life. And the qualities that he wants to see in an abbot are the very ones that he himself had to cultivate. St. Gregory says that if you really want to know who St. Benedict is, uh, go to the Holy Rule, because St. Gregory says the holy man could not have written other than he lived. Uh, so the rule is, is a, an accurate depiction of uh, kind of the, the, a portrait, if you will, of the abbot, St. Benedict. And the faults and vices that he identifies are the very ones that he, as a physician of souls, was obliged to treat again and again. There are no new vices. The, the list of vices that St. Benedict gives in this portion of chapter 2 
correspond to uh, the reality in any monastery even today. The passage of centuries has changed nothing. One might turn this passage of chapter 2 into a prayer. St. Aelred uh, did exactly this in his famous pastoral prayer, and I often recommend to brothers that they take the pastoral prayer of St. Aelred and meditate it. I also ask Father Sunkart to prepare a conference on the prayers of Aelred, the prayers of St. Aelred, so we'll have that at some time in the future. But listen to the way St. Aelred uh, turns this chapter 2 into oratio. Sweet Lord, I pray you, is not this your family, your own peculiar people, that has been led by you out of the second Egypt, and by you has been created and redeemed, you have gathered them together out of all parts and made them live together in a house where all men follow a common way of life. Here, of course, the reference to Psalm 67 in this part of the prayer. <clears throat> hear me, therefore, hear me, O Lord my God, and let your eyes be open on them day and night. The allusion here is to the prayer of Solomon at the dedication of the temple. Spread your wings, most loving Lord, and shield them. Stretch forth your holy right hand, Lord, and bless them. And pour into their hearts your Holy Spirit, that he may keep them in unity of spirit, and the bond of peace, St. Paul, chased in their bodies, lowly in their minds. I love that juxtaposition of chastity with humility. May he be there to help them when they pray, Romans 8. The Holy Ghost comes to the aid of our weakness, for we know not how to pray as we ought. And fill them with the unction and the riches your love. A beautiful uh, treatment here of the action of the Holy Ghost, because St. Gilbert goes on to say, may the same loving comforter, when they are being tempted, come swiftly to their aid, and may he help their weakness in all the straits and troubles of this life. By the same Spirit make them, Lord, to be within themselves, with one another, and towards myself, he writes here as out, praises out, peaceable and equable and kind, obedient, serviceable, helpful to each other. May they be fervent in spirit, again, reiterating St. Paul, Rejoicing in hope, enduring steadfastly through poverty and fasting, toils and vigils, silence and repose. Drive far from them, O Lord. This is almost a kind of exorcistic prayer here. Drive far 
despair of fornication and uncleanness of discord and presumption. So while St. Benedict gives us his catalogue of vices in the portion of chapter 2 that we just read, here uh, St. Aelbid enumerates the vices that threaten a monastic family, pride, will, glory, envy, gloom, weariness, slander, distrust, despair, fornication, uncleanness, discord, and presumption. Be in their midst according to your faithful promise. And since you know what each of them needs, I pray you, and this to me is the most beautiful part of this prayer, I pray you strengthen what is weak in them. Spurn not their frailty. Heal that which is diseased. Give joy for sorrow. Kindle what is lukewarm. Establish what is insecure of them. It almost echoes the Veni Sancti Spiritus, the sequence of Pentecost. You kind of hear that in a counterpoint over the text of St. Um, that each of them may know he does not lack your grace in any of his trials and temptations. I, for my part, commit them into your holy hands. Again, uh, the prayer of our Lord from the cross taken from Psalm 30 and the prayer of St. Stephen in the Acts of the Apostles. I, for my part, commit them into your holy hands and loving providence. May no one snatch them from your hand, for the gospel, nor from your servants unto whom you have committed them. <clears throat> one can almost uh, hear uh, in this text the priestly prayer of our Lord in John 17. May they persevere with gladness in their holy purpose unto the attainment of everlasting life with you, our most sweet Lord, their helper always, who live and reign to ages of ages. Amen. So that's only part of St. David's marvelous pastoral prayer. Uh, <clears throat> a very happy birthday. 30th birthday to our dear Don Elijah. And last night I asked, as you know, uh, the priests to make a remembrance of you uh, at, the, at the altar. And I asked each of the uh, brethren to offer the Holy Communion for you today. So you're surrounded in Don Elijah with powerful intercession. I've known Don Elijah nine years and longer than any of than any. <clears throat> and so um, I, I still maintain um, that God allowed us to take a detour as a community to Tulsa so that Don Elijah and Don Benedict could enter 